1: Hey, football fans, this week on the show, part two of my interview with new Elks quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson. We'll also hit the news of the week from the Elks and spend some time with Dave Campbell, looking at what the Elks have done so far this offseason and what we think is still to come. But first, MBT part two as he gets ready to come to Edmonton.
2: Um, It's important to become a part of the community, you know, so um, I'm excited to get up there and to learn a new space and a new stadium and and a new team.
1: You mentioned your family, your uh, wife and a daughter, and you're, and you're living in, in L.A. because your wife works in Hollywood. Tell me a little bit about her, and and, uh, and uh, the, she's doing a, a show, writing for a show on Disney+, Plus, correct? She uh, has about
2: seven jobs right now, so there's only uh, about a half of one that I can talk about. She's a phenomenal talent. She's an artist through and through. Uh, Spoken word is by trade, done plays on Broadway, um, then got into television and movies in the last about 10 years, and and she's a wanted commodity in Hollywood. So it's a a wild, wild world, Uh, very, you know, uh, kind of analogous to sports in some ways, Uh, but she just picked up her seventh job, so uh, she's a busy woman um and she's on multiple projects um she's she's a screenwriter by trade that's kind of her tag but she's more than that she's a artistic director she's a cultivator of space uh she's an advocate she does a lot of a lot of different work and and uh she's gonna have a long long career so (laughs) we're in it for the long haul and i'm here to support her in any way i possibly can
1: So she's busy right now. Uh, That makes you kind of uh, a stay-at-home dad while you're working out and getting ready for the football season. Uh, That must be pretty cool for you, too, to be able to spend so much time with your daughter. I
2: absolutely love it. My daughter, Aziza, is the coolest person I've ever met. So no offense to anybody out there in the world, but I I know the coolest person in the world. And she just turned three on December 30th. Uh, she has a really small learning group community of about nine friends. So I, I go there and I teach them s- some running techniques and some. I hang out with her as much as I possibly can just because she's a, a fascinating person and she's at that age of three where she's an absolute sponge. So it makes me very cognizant of what I say around her because whatever she, I say to her today is coming back for me tomorrow. And it's just a really fun process to see someone come out so uniquely themselves and then develop on a daily basis and just soak things up and transform and truly blow my mind on a daily basis so i'm very lucky to be able to hang out with her on a daily
1: daily basis now what's the situation going to be when the season starts are they coming with you for some of the season or are you coming by yourself obviously it's going to be tough i imagine for your wife to to leave yeah, we're still working that out. And we're eyeing out the details and it's it's a it's a big reason why,
2: you know, I wasn't able to play CFL ball last year is because that wasn't possible because we didn't have a school setting for my daughter. And because there is some sort of school setting and some sort of support there, um, it, it looks like majority of the time I'll be up there by myself. I do want them as much as possible. I'll come bring them up on weekends or whatever I can possibly do. We're still developing that plan as we speak. Um, it's very much a collaboration. But uh, because of the resources here and because of that school community, um, it looks like the majority of the time they'll be down here. But we're still developing that and, and we're going to map it out you know, day by day, week by week throughout the season.
1: Talking with Elks quarterback McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, who uh, signed a contract with the Elks uh, uh, last week, uh, how was that process? Was it a long process? Did you get it narrowed down to where you where you wanted to go quickly? You know,
2: the, the, knowing having a, a relationship with Jay Jack and, and with Coach Howell, and and um, that was you know kind of in the works for a, a while. You know, having known them from Toronto and, and what they went over there, so um but in terms of the process of getting to know coach jones and and g roy and 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 the rest of the staff it was um it was a it was a number of months process and it just felt like they continued to show up in all the right ways and and say all the right things and and believe in me as a player and, and really wants to build something that i believe in which is changing the culture um you know it's a culture of 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 being a complete player and being a complete person. Uh, I think the first thing we got to talk about is is how do we pick up our trash? How do we leave a field? How do we leave a locker room? How do we respect people around the organization? How do we respect their fan base? You know, that's how you build a winning organization. And, and the, the, the more they said that, the more they preached that. It's like, this is the place that we can, I can leave something there, you know, because I won't be there forever, but I can, I can join a, a, a young roster that has a lot of talent and we can build a winning culture. And the CFL is a better league when Edmonton is a good team. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to get to work and to build this thing brick by brick and surely focus on the process of, of getting a winning culture back in the Edmonton locker room.
1: You talked about some things there. you like, quote, picking up the trash and how you leave the field. Uh, how The little things are important, aren't they? And I mean, that's how you build it, as you, as you just talked about. Uh, the little things are probably more important than a lot of people believe in this kind of an atmosphere.
2: You can't you can't control winning and losing. You can't control the the bounce of a football. It's it's not a circle, right? It's an oblong shape that bounces this way and that way. And you can't control twelve bodies working as one. You can't control referees. You can't control the elements. You can't control so much. So to to try to focus on that is futile. Um you gotta focus on the process. You gotta control what you can control and how you can control is making sure that each individual is dedicated to perfecting themselves. And and to handling their business and doing their job to the highest level. And so if it's a little thing like leaving a piece of the trash, someone else is gonna pick up that piece of trash. So you just made more work for someone else. But if you handle your business and you clean up your locker and you clean up everything that you do and how you move and, and how you operate in the world, then the whole burden for everyone becomes lighter. You know, it's it's the analogy of everyone pushing the sled. If everyone's pushing as hard as possible, Everyone's job of pushing the sled is easier. Um, And so when you create that type of culture and there is a mass, that's the beauty of football. That's the beauty of when there's there's collective bodies are working for a unified goal and they're willing to give of themselves for the man next to each other. Anything is possible. And that's the magic of football. And that's why I play the game. And that's the type of environment I want to be a part of.
1: Alright, last question for you. Uh, Trey Ford, uh, uh, as soon as it was announced that uh, the Oaks were interested in you and that they'd signed you, everyone would say, what about Trey Ford? Tell me your approach to working with Trey Ford. I know when you met with the media right after you signed, you said you were excited about it. It was one of the reasons you wanted to come to Edmonton. How important is it to you to come here and win and do everything you want to do as a football player, but also to help him along and help him become a better player?
2: Absolutely, I'm I'm very excited, and, and it's
1: because you can see the magic, right?
2: Everyone talks about potential, but potential can be a a, a very dangerous thing because for for a guy like Trey, um, he has this you know this kind of spark, um, and you and you, when you get in trouble or you're not sure about what's going, you can lean on the spark too much, and so I want to help him in every way possible that he can develop his on schedule game as much as possible because once he gets his on schedule game crisp and clean and he's reading his one two threes and he has that process he has the cues that can get him to play the simple game he can then reintegrate the spark into it and it can can become truly magical um so there is some work to be done there and i hope he's on board with me and i've had you know a conversation with him where it's like i'm here to help as much as i i am anything you know because the cfl is a better game when there are good quarterbacks playing across the league so i know he's a young talent but he's putting himself in some very dangerous positions by leaning on his natural ability and so the more we can get him comfortable in the easy stuff then the hard stuff can be an edit in addition to that so i want just want to help him to have them along illustrious career, not only because he's a good, talented quarterback, but because he's also of Canadian blood. And I think that's really important for this league to have good young Canadian talent because there is untapped football talent in the Canadian, you know, across Canada. And so uh, the more that the kids in Canada can see young people that look like themselves uh, playing the game, the better for the Canadian game is gonna be long-term. So I'm truly excited to get to work. I'm excited to help in any and all ways um, I hope I can earn his trust, and and that's a, a daily process of earning his trust that I truly am in it for his best interest because what's best for him is best for all of us. Um, so I'm excited to get to work, and, and hopefully we can build that day-to-day throughout the season.
1: Thanks to McLeod Bethel-Thompson for spending time with us on the Elks this week. Coming up next, news of the week and Dave Campbell when we return to the Elks this week on 630 Chet
0: football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks. 630
1: Chad. Back on the Elks this week bringing in now my good friend and yours Dave Campbell joins us now. Hey Dave, how you doing? Hey Morley, doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm Okay, thanks. We're, we're another week closer to football. It's still like four months away. By this time in four months, the Elks will have played uh, a preseason game by now. So uh, we'll have a little bit more information about the 2024 team than we do now. But they did make some news this week, and we'll go over that and talk about it a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about uh, uh, a free agency. They're starting to sign. They've signed almost all of their own guys, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, they brought the whole offensive line back uh, from last year with the signing a uh, two-year contract for uh, Tomas Jack Cardilla, which was announced uh, this year, a two-year extension, the fourth overall, I believe, in the 2020 draft, uh, became a full-time starter last year, started all 18 games at guard, and now obviously ready to take the next step. Bringing him back is an is a important move because he keeps one of the young guys, you know, in the fold. But that offensive line, we say they're all coming back. They all got to be better next year.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think continuity is a good thing. I think that's probably the most important aspect of the signing is now you have all of your starting five back with Thomas Jack Cordilla uh, now signed. So it, it was interesting, because last week when Darius Bledek was released by the Argos, I went, yeah. just wondering, just wondering, because he's a very good player. He uh, got hurt in training camp uh, very early in the season, couldn't get back into the lineup at all which was a very good, line, but I'm thinking, you know, Chris Jones drafted him in 2017 when he was with the Riders. So, but you're going with what, you know, and look, this O line unit improved throughout the season from probably, you know, week 10, week 11 on around that time when Jerry Jackson took over as offensive coordinator and Trey Ford was uh, named the new starting quarterback. It got better. And then it kind of flattened out a little bit, probably in the last, you know, four games. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't mind the signing at all, but here's here's the problem I have with with the O-line, with Thomas Jack Cordilla. It's kind of a microcosm of the team. There is too many boom-bust players on this team who are either really good in games or really bad in games. We need to see more consistency and performance, and that's what I'm looking for with Thomas Jack Cordilla, who I thought had some very good games like the O-line, but then we had games where it was pretty ugly.
1: Yeah, and the O-line has to be, I don't know about a different style. They still have to do what they do, but with a different style of quarterback behind them from what they had the last 10 games of last year in Trey Ford now with a guy who's going to stand in the pocket, delivers quickly, but stands in the pocket more. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson has to have protection to be successful.
0: Absolutely, you got to keep the quarterback clean and upright. And I think this is where uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, as well, is going to benefit. Be a benefit for the offense. Someone who is experienced, someone who prepares well, someone who's going to work with Jerry Jackson as the offensive coordinator and all of the coaches, and is going to help the offensive line as well. And he's going to you know lay down his own expectations of of, of performance and success. And I think that's what a veteran quarterback can do. You know, and nothing against straightforward or Taylor Cornelius, but when you got McLeod Bethel-Thompson, you got command. And I think that's going to help the offensive line, uh, hopefully. But, you know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, too, this is what will help the offensive line. He knows where to go with the football more often than not. Yeah. All right. One other note
1: on the offensive line: the Elks also signed uh, Antonio Garcia, a familiar name, had a pretty good training camp last year with the Elks, and started at left tackle in game one, and then got released. So they're bringing him back for another go-round and an attempt with him. Uh, one other veteran uh, has come to the end of the line with the Edmonton Elks, and that is uh, Ed Gainey. Uh, a tough move because is a is a well-respected and well-liked. Uh, player uh, by everybody in the organization, but it's going to be 34 at the start of the season this year. And I just think the Elks, uh, he was released. And I just think the Elks want to move forward with younger, cheaper guys, but mostly younger guys in building. And, and we saw a lot of those guys take a step forward last year.
0: I'll say this about Ed Gainey. Parents, if you have a, a child, whether it's football or any any sport, and really in life, you, you want to be like Ed Gainey who is, he is an excellent, excellent class individual, works hard, prepares well, practices well, uh, will stand up for his teammates and will also hold his teammates accountable. You know, we only had two years with Ed, and they were fabulous two years. You got honesty from Ed Ganey, but he was honest but fair. As far as the play is concerned, you know, I, I think he was hurt a little bit because the players beside him changed all the time. All right, and I don't think that helped him in 22. But even last year, you know, he I thought he had a good start to the season and only lasted five quarters, unfortunately, because he hurt his collarbone in the second quarter and that loss to the Lions, and then came back, and he was all right. But then probably mid-September on, the last month, it was really rough for him, I thought. He got beat a lot, and I think the age started to show. But, uh, yeah, they got to get younger, and uh, they definitely have a lot of younger DBs, on the roster that they can turn to. But Ed Gainey, class individual, whatever he does next, uh, I wish him all the best.
1: And uh, chances, he does want to play again, and he'll he'll be a good fit on a team that needs a veteran to step in. So uh, we certainly do wish him uh, all the best moving forward. The Elks in that defensive backfield now, the only real true veterans Uh, Scott Hutter and Lucas pierrefoy And we have to Mm -hmm. decide who's playing where still. Uh, But they're going to come back with a lot of guys who made their debuts uh, during last season. And one guy in Donovan who's this will be his third year, but he's only played five games. So uh, they're going to be a very young group back there.
0: Yeah, they will be. And, you know, I think there's talent there. What you want to see is this become a steady group again we go back to that boom bust Um but also when things get bad when things are going against you i thought we saw too many times last season where i i think they their psyche kind of was really affected and it took them a while to kind of get back into the game and now i think what we need to see is that steady level Of consistency with with how they manage their emotions and how they manage the bad moments, they got to stay more level. And um, you know, I mean, guys like Bratton Gray, uh, 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 Kai Gray, uh, you know, Marcus Lewis, Marlon, Sean Franklin, very good players. It's just we have to see more. um, I, I guess just more consistency with play, but also consistency with how they manage the moment.
1: Talking with uh, Elks radio analyst uh, Dave Campbell, who is uh, joining us uh, here on the Elks this week. Uh, One more signing I think we should bring up. And now CFL teams sign a ton of players in the offseason. Some of them come in. To make training camp, uh, make the training camp roster full. Some of them will come in with a chance to play. Some of them are going to be long shots. This guy, I think, has a chance to make an impact, especially with the trade of Jake Cerezna Robert Kimdichi was signed by the Yelks. He's a first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh, he played five years in the National Football League, fifty-nine games on his resume. Uh, he's a guy who knows how to play defensive line, and and he might be the guy, the answer on that D line when you talk about well, where are you going to? How are you going to replace
0: Jake Cerezna? He's definitely going to be in the mix for sure. And intriguing player, five-star recruit out of Mississippi. And unfortunately, you know, maybe was a a little bit too much of a uh, rabble rouser or maybe a bit of gotten a bit of trouble because he dropped in the first round. He probably could have been a higher pick than 26 overall. Uh, So we haven't really seen the best out of him. But how many times have we seen this? you know, in the CFL where, you know, I think of Adarius Bowman who probably should have played in the in, in the NFL, but he didn't. And he came, you know, when he played in Edmonton, he said he knew it was his last shot, right? So can Kandici do the same thing here? And, you know, again, intriguing prospect and uh, someone that's probably going to compete uh, definitely for that uh, chance to replace a very good player in Jake Ceresna.
1: All right, we got a couple of minutes left here, David. A couple of topics I want to uh, broach with you uh, before we uh, leave. Uh, free agency. Elks have done a pretty good job locking up their own guys by my camp. The only starter that they uh, want back, I think, is AC Leonard. Uh, I think they're ready to move on from Manny Arsenault. And uh, other than that, they have signed all the starters, uh, re signed all the starters who are about to go to free agency.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good work by uh, Chris Jones and N. G. Roy Simon. Um, I believe Tony Jones is done. I think he'll be back. And I think you just slap him right there at Will linebacker alongside with the middle linebacker, Niles Morgan, AC Leonard. You know, we'll see. I think this is one of those cases where maybe he wants to wait until free agency hits, but maybe he says, you know what? I'm just going to sign back in Edmonton. Definitely very valued here. Yeah. I agree with you with Manny Arsenault. And this could be a scenario Morley, where this could be a plan B for the Elks. If, I I don't know if Manny's going to get signed before free agency by anybody. I I can foresee after free agency cools off and things settle down and teams reassess themselves, maybe they go, okay, let's call Manny Arsenault. But uh, I think Manny Arsenault's chances of coming back to Edmonton are are not great. Uh, I don't know how active they'll be in free agency. Uh, Just because they've signed so many pending free agents and won't have many left. But one name, or a couple names I'll throw out there, and we're going back to the D-line. Anthony Lanier, who almost signed here last year, but then ended up signing the richest deal for a D-lineman with the Riders. I think he'd be a suitable replacement, a little older than Ceresna, but still would be really, really good. Um, Sean Oakman is another name I would throw out there. Very good run stopper, but I would really keep my eye on Anthony Lanier when free agency opens.
1: February the 13th for CFL free agency. We'll see what happens on that day. The other topic we're not going to get to because we're out of time but we'll probably hear some news I would think maybe next week about the Elks coaching staff because we've they've, they've lost Demetrius Maxey, they've lost Jordan Lennon, we know for sure uh, what's going on with, uh, uh, with Steve McAdoo and uh, is there going to be Jason Shivers coming in as a new uh, defensive coordinator? Those are the rumors so we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. Maybe next week we'll hear from the Elks about their coaching staff. Dave Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Mark. And that is the Elks this week on 630, Chet. Uh, We're uh, one week closer to football. Still four months to go, but we're getting closer, folks. So uh, hang in there. We'll talk more Elks football in seven days' time on the Elks this week on 630, Chet.